G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's almost time for the English Premier League to start. Kicks off this upcoming weekend. And uh, we have got a man in the UK. We're going to cross to him right now. It is Ben Ransom from Sky Sport UK. Ben, uh, good, good afternoon. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning here. Um, yeah, I can't really quite believe we are on the verge of the Premier League season starting. I can't believe the EFL started at the weekend, honestly. It's taken me by absolute surprise. It's ridiculous. There's been absolutely, like you say, the gap, the break has been minimal. Um, and then, it, as you say, the EFL kicked off on the weekend. And another big game on the weekend was that Community Shield. Liverpool versus Man City. What did you make of it, Ben? Both teams pulled out their big star players, but it looked like Liverpool's Nunes did better than City's Haaland. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, you're right. Um, I think you've got to. I mean, you've got to put this game in context. As much as it's a, you know, it's seen as a bit of a showpiece. Um, normally, it's at Wembley. This time, it was at Leicester's ground. Mm. Um, but it is still essentially a friendly. And knowing the way that these clubs have got about their pre-season. Obviously, I've been out in the US with Manchester City on their tour. Oh, um, wow. And they've had a fairly short pre-season anyway. Um, so they've only had two games before this one. So Liverpool, fitness-wise, are a little bit further along. Okay. Um, what City tend to do is come back a little bit later and use the early fixtures in August to kind of get themselves up to speed so that the players get as much rest as they can in the summer. Wow. And then they kind of bank on the fact they're able to beat some of the, you know, most yeah. of the Premier League teams uh, in the early part of the season so look I think Liverpool was slightly more ahead I think City gave a little bit of um, showed a little bit of what they've got I mm. think you know they're not quite tuned in with Haaland's movement yet I don't think um, he's very different to what they've had for the last couple of seasons when they played a false nine he wants to get in behind and be that leading striker mm. but I think what was encouraging from a Liverpool point of view was the fact as you said Darwin Nunes um, looks really lively because he's had a mixed preseason. again start of his preseason, I remember there was some uh, some kind of like eclipse going around on social media and missing a couple of easy chances. Oh. And said, who's this donkey? <laughs> then he scored four goals in a game, didn't he? And everyone thought, oh, hang on, this guy's great. And then to do it against Manchester City, uh, you know, to come on and score, now everyone's absolutely raving about him. So as with all these things, take pre-season with a little bit of a pinch of salt. However, there are some encouraging signs and that's probably the best way to look at it. Yeah, look, I, I totally agree with you, that especially in a game like that. You don't, you don't want to burn your players out too soon. The season hasn't really started, but I find it interesting. You said you've been away with Man City and you're right. This is the first time they're going to play with a real striker. Has, has Pep set the side up differently? Does De Bruyne, where does he fit into this mix now? Well, De Bruyne, the one thing I did notice... Um, Basically, I've seen City play three times now. So we saw them play Club America in the first game of their preseason, which mm. was obviously very much a, a warm-up. And then we saw them play in that Bayern Munich game up in uh, Green Bay at Lambeau Field, where they it was rain-interrupted, it was slightly shortened, but Haaland did start that game the first time we'd seen him. And then, obviously, we've seen this game against Liverpool. Mm. And they will have to change how they're playing slightly. Um, those... They're not quite in tune, as I say, to playing the ball in behind where Haaland wants to run because as much as he's a big physical presence and he's good on the ball, he's mm. really quick. And if you look back at some of the, a lot of the goals he scored for Dortmund and for Norway, he loves just playing on the shoulder and racing in behind. Mm. He said himself that he studied Jamie Vardy, which I think is really interesting. Wow. Um, to see, to check his movement, to see how he gets in behind and 
and creates those opportunities, which potentially, I suppose, if you think about Riyad Mahrez and, and Vardy having that great combination when Leicester won the title, yes. maybe that's something that City will be able to tap into. But as far as De Bruyne is concerned, what I noticed, certainly in the Bayern Munich game, was he's playing a lot higher up the pitch. He seems to want to get... Pep was asking him to get closer to Haaland. So oh. almost players a bit of a number 10. And so where the, the pair of them can then press as a pair, as opposed to, I don't know, say it was a Foden or maybe yes. it was a uh, Gabriel Jesus last season, they, they press, obviously, and then you have maybe a Bernardo who would go up and support. Well, it looks as though he's trying to get Kevin De Bruyne much more central. And what's interesting on De Bruyne is mm. Guardiola said before that game, how much fitter he is because usually he's played in a major tournament. He's absolutely burnt out. Yes. He's, you know, he's had two weeks rest. Mm. Well, he's had a proper summer off and Pep was saying, look, fitness wise, this is the best they've seen him. So actually I think De Bruyne could start the season really, really well. So yeah, if you're thinking fantasy football terms, uh, he's certainly one I've got my eye on. Yeah. Very interesting. I'll look, I'll be honest with you too, Ben. I'm going to break this into two parts. We're going to talk the premier league and then we're also going to talk the fantasy league. Okay. Because I need, I need your assistance, but let's do the premier league first. What about Liverpool then? They've made a few changes. Mane's gone. Uh, You know, Nunes comes in. Salah looked brilliant again. Is, is Jurgen Klopp just going to run out the similar team week by week, or, or will he play it a bit differently this season? I think, um, again, with the season being split as it is, I think there's no problem with someone like Salah playing a lot of games because, remember, he's not going to the World Cup, right? So right. he's got to get through, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 matches, and then he gets a month off in the middle of the season. So mm. I don't think we'll see the burnout from Salah. And I, I also think that, I mean, Van Dijk, I think it was says, suggested that he was affected by all of that talk around his future, the contract towards the end of last season, when he perhaps wasn't quite hitting the same heights he was earlier in the campaign, when, mm. you know, that period up to Christmas, to my mind, he was the best player on the planet at that point. Yeah, and he agreed. has got that, you know, that ability in abundance, right? So I think we'll see a really strong start to the season. I think the signs again look positive. The fact that he took the penalty was interesting as well with James Milner on the pitch. Mm. Um, suggested that maybe, you know, maybe now he's completely taken on those responsibilities, which is interesting. Um, and it was really well dispatched, wasn't it? You know, keeper very well away and still managing to find well, the bottom it, corner. I mean, it, makes, it makes a difference when you haven't got 55 lasers in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it just? <laughs> doesn't it just? So, look, I mean, I think, you know, with Mane going, it's all about Salah, isn't it, right? Yeah. Um, those two obviously had to share the limelight. You know, we wondered whether they, what that relationship was like. But actually, it seems that they've gone pretty well, actually, despite the, some of the talk to the contrary. Um, and it's fascinating, again, a bit like City, to see how Klopp is going to mould that attacking lineup. Salah's obviously your mainstay. Then you've got Firmino, who's been there a, number, a fair amount of time. But obviously, Darwin Nunes is, is kind of chomping the bit to get involved. Mm. Diogo Jota's injured at the minute. Luis Diaz had a fantastic end to the season last year. You'd imagine he'll probably fill that role on the left at uh, the start of the campaign. Yes. But they've got options again. And I think it's going to be about, for Klopp, it's going to be exactly that, keeping everyone fit and firing. Because when Liverpool are at their best, they blow teams away. They are one of the most potent attacking teams in the world. And if he can just get them linking up, as we saw with the old Mane, Firmino, Salah link, mm. I think they're going to be absolutely devastating again. And certainly, as I say, the early signs seem really positive. Yeah, it's funny eh, when you watch Liverpool and City to an extent, but Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, half the time they end up in the opposition's box. You know, they're like false strikers. It's like, what the... Is this, it's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, they are two absolute weapons, aren't they? And they can do that, Liverpool, because they've got, obviously, you know, when Van Dijk's fit, they've got an absolute colossus at the back, right? Mm. So they, the, the pair of them are given that licence to play as midfielders. So essentially, Liverpool play, Liverpool play with two centre-halves. They have one 
you know, one defensive midfielder, yeah. uh, be it Fabinho or Thiago or Henderson, or whoever, just sitting just in front. And you're right, absolutely. They're, they're pegging the opposition right in, and there's no escape. And the quality of their delivery, I mean, the fact they're on set pieces as well, they take corners, <laughs> you know, they're delivering crosses into the box relentlessly. You know, Trent's always on free kicks in and around the area as well. That just shows the quality of delivery and shot they've got. And they, you know, they carry such a goal threat to the like we've, we've never really seen before with two fullbacks that attacking in the mm. Premier League. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And look, it's looking like you know Liverpool, City once again in the top tier. But let's talk about some of the other teams. And full disclosure, I'm a Chelsea fan. I'm a bit worried. I've got to be honest with you, Ben. We, you know, we've lost half our defence. Okay, Lukaku's gone. He didn't work out. But you know, we have once again we've gone and with not a real striker again. So, what are your thoughts? Have you seen any preseason games? Yes, well, uh, before I joined the Man City tour, I was on the Chelsea tour. So oh, I was okay. out in LA when they touched down, when Raheem Sterling signed. Then I followed them to Las Vegas, had a little drive over the desert to watch them play that game against Club America nice. at the Raiders Stadium. And honestly, they were quite disjointed. Now, again, Ugh. that was you know the start of their preseason. So you wouldn't, you, you know, you're expecting it at that stage. I think the worry for me is what's gone on since, because I then joined City. They then went to Charlotte and they had that, you know, struggled to that kind of draw there. Yes. Then they got humped by Arsenal. Yeah, I didn't like um, that. You know, exactly. That's the one that concerns me a little bit. Although, again, putting it in context, Arsenal had played more games by that point. They were they were further along in their preseason than Chelsea were. So okay. it will even itself out a little bit. But I think that the, the concerns are absolutely valid. They haven't managed to sign that second big-name central defender. No. Which they are lacking. Now... Ben Chilwell still seemingly isn't quite ready to be fit enough to start, whereas you thought actually oh. he should be about he should be okay. about ready to, to play a play a key part. But clearly, when you look at the team selections, he's not been given that many minutes, which suggests yeah. to me he's not quite there yet. Um, does that mean Reese James is going to end up playing as a, a right-sided centre half because they're going to have to play back three when there was all the talk that Thomas Tuchel was looking to try and play? A back four this season, but he's not had the preseason to be able to do that. Okay. And you're right. And up front, I think. Look, I think Kai Havertz is is the man that Tuchel wants in that false nine position. And I think potentially the the kind of Havertz, Sterling, Mount kind of rotation mm. that looks quite good to me if they can get that working as a fluid attack. Yes. And, and they might well be able to do that. Um, the challenge I think at the moment for Chelsea is defensively. If I'm honest, I really do think the fact they've not been able to sign Kounde, yeah. uh, the fact that some of their other targets seem to have slipped away. We're now getting really close, yeah. as we've been saying since the start of the season, and that's the worry for me. They've not had time to bed whoever they get in in by this point. When you think, given they came in and Todd Bowley, the only was all about look, I'm going to go out, mm. buy big names, bring them in early, spend the money. It's not quite happened, does it? And I think that will be a concern for Thomas Tuchel in particular. Yeah, look, I'm the same. I have concerns. Uh, but yeah, I, I pray for the best. That's true. But what about some of the other big names? Manchester United, how are they going? Presents the endless Ronaldo saga. Do you think he's going to stay or is it too late? Is, is he going? I mean, I don't. honestly, I don't see how a character that large. Mm. And there's not many people that are, you know, in, in football that are almost bigger than football. Well, probably Ronaldo, Messi, maybe Mbappe, the three that mm. perhaps are in that echelon. And, yep. and it's it's really hard, isn't it, for, for Eric Ten Hag? Because obviously, and this is this is what managers before wanted to do, isn't it? They wanted to come into clubs and there is a big name. But, you know, I think Ralph... Uh, Ralph Rangnick felt this last year. Obviously, you know, playing with Ronaldo, I'm pretty sure some of the stats are a bit stark where he scores a lot of goals yes. individually, but I'm sure he makes the rest of the team stats worse because of the way he plays. He doesn't press. Yep. Uh, in fact, I think he, he pressed less than anyone else in any of the top leagues or something ridiculous <laughs> like that, which is, 
it was absolutely incredible um, the change in the player, and yet there's still so much quality. But it's the personality. Yeah. So Eric Ten Hag has been fortunate in one sense in that he's been able to get into United. He's been able to finally come in, clear the decks, and say, right, this is a fresh start. And he didn't have Ronaldo for a lot of that preseason. Now, they gave Ronaldo this extra time off. Mm. Clearly, Ronaldo wants to go somewhere else. I mean, he obviously wants to play in the Champions League. That seems to be uh, his motivation. But no Champions League team seems to want him at the moment. So that leaves him at a massive impasse because United have been quite categoric. They're not selling. Well, how is he going to fit into this system? He's not going to press. He's not going to do the running that perhaps Ten Hag wants the other players to do. So it's a real challenge because you've not only got a player who doesn't quite fit the way you want to play, but he's also a massive personality and one of the greatest players of all time. So quite rightly, Cristiano sat there thinking, well, you know, I'm I'm quite good at football. You you should be trying to make this all about me. Um, And he's been used to that for, what, a decade, 15, 20 years? It's incredible. He's an incredible career where he's always been that person. So it's a massive challenge. And I think it was interesting, wasn't it, in that game, that final friendly at Old Trafford against mm. Roy Vallecano. It was a second string, really, that Ten Hag played, but Ronaldo was in it. And then by all accounts, he left the ground early when, you know, when he, he was done. And <laughs> oh, he no. I think that doesn't, nah. that doesn't quite feel right, does it? No, nah, it doesn't feel right. And what about, I mean, a, a team which has been making good noise has been Arsenal. They seem to be that Jesus is lighting it up for them. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a perfect fit at the moment, doesn't it? And and again, we just have to just just temper those uh, those thoughts just because it is pre-season. But you can't ask for a better start in terms of the number of pre-season goals he scored. He's fitted in seamlessly into the Arsenal attack. He's mm. given them that little bit more experience. And let's not forget, he brings with him that winning mentality. It is relentless at Manchester City in terms of what Pep Guardiola expects from the players. Yes. And the fact that every single week they have to be ruthless. And he's, he's been part of that for so many years now. As a young player, it's been his formative year. Mm. So you've got a striker here, I really feel. If he can hit the ground running and get some goals in the Premier League in the next few weeks, I think he's going to be a massive asset to Arsenal because he will carry them and he'll feel like a bigger fish in that pond, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that he'll, enjoy, he'll embrace that leadership um, kind of role. Mikel Arteta clearly loves him uh, from his yes. time working at City with Pep. And you get the sense, you know, we can see a plan from Arteta. And that's what excites me about Arsenal right now is that over the last couple of years, when he came in, he was very defensive first, but they still managed to win the FA Cup. Then he slowly moulded it into the team he wants to see. And there's a lot of similarities to the way Guardiola plays. And now he's starting to get pieces in the right places. Defensively, they they look better. They've got a stronger midfield spine. They've now got attacking players that can create and score. And it's quite exciting, I think. And the preseason certainly suggests that Arsenal are going to start well. Yeah, it's good news for Arsenal. It excites people, but it worries me because I think they will have a very good season. Um, a couple of other teams to talk about. Uh, Spurs, uh, you know, you know, one of the greatest combination of, of goal-scoring partners, Son and Kane, has just been unbelievable. Can they do it again? I don't see why not, because they, ha- they have such a great relationship. They are both so brilliant in their own individual way. Kane is fantastic in and around the box. Mm. His finishing is up there as one of the best in the Premier League. And Son scores these absolute worldies, and you know he does it so consistently that yeah. it's not a fluke. He, he, is, he has that technique and ability, right? And they've obviously got this fantastic understanding, and they enjoy playing with each other, which we saw a couple of years ago when it was all about the goals and the assists or each other, which was pretty remarkable. Mm. Um, throw in Richarlison to now add a little oh, that's bit of backup. Right. Yeah. And I think, actually, it, it's looking very good for Spurs because the one thing we know about Antonio Conte is he is a winner as well. 
We talk about yes, Guardiola, we speak about Klopp, but yep. he's an absolute winner. He comes in and he turns teams into win machines. Yep. He's had now uh, 18 months. He's had the opportunity in the summer to bring in players that he wants. He helps. He, they signed well in January, but also this summer. He's brought in a lot more wing-backs again. He wants to get the right fit. And you feel that they're not that far away either. And that's, again, going into this season, as much as I see, still see Manchester City and Liverpool as being above the rest, mm. there is that real cluster. And obviously Chelsea have, have slipped into this, but Arsenal, Tottenham, United could go well. There yeah. is a real cluster of very, very, very good teams there. And, that, and they could take points off the top two and they could even challenge if they start well so mm. I, I think it's uh, I think it's a really exciting time to be a Tottenham fan as well um, which I know you don't want to hear either. <laughs> uh, but, but look there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, talent there and I just I like what Conte's doing and he's and a bit like Arteta you can see a definite plan and again he knows what it takes to win Oh, absolutely. Look, I am so looking forward to this season. And look, I've got to tell you as well, uh, I'm just starting to get my fantasy league team together. Ben, apparently you've done pretty well in the fantasy league. Talk me through it. Well, I'm not bad. Again, it took me a while to get my head around fantasy football because, mm. you know, like yourself, I've been watching football for as long as I've been alive. Yeah. Uh, and then it's taken me a while to work at how to do fantasy football. But yeah, I won the Sky Sports News League last year, which is no mean feat. It's That's, not the best league. Doesn't matter. But it's by no means the worst, right? Mm. So I'm pretty pleased with that. I'll mm. take that. I'll take the trophy. It yes. sits on my mantelpiece. Very happy. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Haaland at the moment. I'm, think, I'm, I'm thinking of building it around a Haaland, yeah. De Bruyne, Salah, Premium, as it's known in the game, yes. Um, because I just, I really, I think that all those players can be so dangerous. Now, you know, lots of people in this part of the world are talking about big at the back. They're talking about maybe going four or five big name defenders because wow. obviously the number of points you get for wing backs is is pretty remarkable. Sure. So if you build a defence of Trent and Robertson, yep. Cello, maybe Reese James. Um, that is what a lot of people, certainly in who who know the game, are thinking because of the, the points potential offer. But I still like a four four two this year. It gives you a bit of flexibility. Okay. Um, there's a couple of gifts who are cheap, aren't they? Nico Williams, four million pounds starting defender, gift. He means you can free up funds elsewhere. Is, is he starting? Andreas Pereira. He's starting. He's going to start. Nico Williams will start for Forest. Andres Pereira starts for Fulham. Again, a 4.5 million midfielder who, again, frees up funds elsewhere. So if you start, I always like to start with the cheapest players, actually. Because if you yes. start with cheap starting players, you've got more funds to, to spread around. And it's really interesting as well now with the, um, with the World Cup coming. It means we essentially get another wild card, right? So you get another time just to completely screw, you know, tear up your squad and start again, which means that at is the it, start of the season, it, it doesn't th- matter how badly you do. Oh, what? Is it three wild cards this year then? Yeah, because at the World Cup, when the World Cup comes, you essentially get another one. You get to uh, oh. when the World Cup, when play resumes after the World Cup, you get to just pick a new team essentially, oh, unlimited transfer. So oh, brilliant. So the point is, the first part of the season, whoever you pick in your team now, you in two, three, four, five game weeks, if it is going terribly, just just change it, rip it up, start again, wow. have a look at the data, see who's doing well, make yourself a team, and then you you can stay in and around it. So there's the opportunity potentially to take a few risks at the start and see who. Who does well? You know, you might you might get ahead of the pack, but then equally, if it is going wrong, there's you know, don't be afraid to tear it up. Okay, because I was going to ask you, who are some of the other cheaper players? Like you mentioned, Nico Williams, Andres Pereira. Are there any others on the radar from any of the teams we may well, not know? Like you know, like say Fulham, Forest, the, the promoted teams that have you know we're not so aware of. I think from the promoted teams, they're the best two. Honestly, I okay. mean the other ones I'm looking at are um, 
uh, Bailey at Villa. He's had a great pre-season. He came in for a lot of money yeah. last year, but was injured for a lot of the season. He scored goals in pre-season. He's only five million, so he's quite a good enabler. Yes. And um, obviously Nectar at Wolves again. He's had a good season. Five foot five. A lot of people talk about him as being another good one. Um, okay. And then I mean uh, up front, the the interest there is is how many strikers you go with. I'm going with two. I think I'm going to probably go Haaland and Jesus because I like again what we were saying about him. Absolutely. That Arsenal team. But if you're only going to go one striker, there's a couple of real cheapies. I mean, Archer at Villa again, 4.5 million. He's not going to play much, but to stick on the bottom of your bench, let's be honest, that third bench spot you very rarely need. So yeah. you, just, you don't want to have any funds down there. Um, if you want to spend a little bit more, Undav at Brighton comes very highly rated. Okay. It might take him a few weeks to get going. Okay. But 5.5 million pound striker, I think um, the suggestion is that if he, he's got a lot of talent. So if he does start to, to play... And score, you might get a bit of value out of him. But um, but look, United have got some good options too, haven't they? It depends how they start. Uh, Sancho looks fairly good price, I think. Um, so yeah, I think okay. I think this year with the way the pricing's done, there are a few little nuggets in there. And the beauty of them is you can you can build a side, as I say. And if it's all going wrong, if Bailey gets injured, if Neto yeah. starts missing sitters, if you know Dundam's not playing, then you know tear it up, do it again. Oh, sounds good, Ben. Hey, thank you so much for um, giving me that information, man. I've written that all down, and I'll be putting my finalising my team <laughs> just like you this weekend, brother. Yeah, and I am looking forward to. How many people in your league? Is it like twenty or twenty-five or ten or? No, the, the Sky Sports New League News League is like two hundred people. Two hundred. So that's, that's a big old league. Yeah, well, you can imagine we've got a lot. The thing with Sky Sports News, we've got a lot of people that like football there. Wow. Uh, so you can imagine there's a lot of interest uh, in this. And do you, so, do, you so, yeah. all, do you all put in like £20 each or something? Can winner takes all or have anything like that? Or no, is it... it's purely purely it's purely pride of the trophy, which, oh, you know, is, uh, yeah, it's, it's a glee. Imagine, imagine because mm. this is the radio, the Premier League trophy. Imagine yes. that. Oh. Twice the size and twice as gold, and that's how big the trophy is. Fantastic. I... That on my mantelpiece right now. <laughs> I am so jealous. Hey, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, mate, and I'm sure we'll speak uh, many times again during the season. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Good luck. Cheers. Thanks, Ben. There you go. Ben Ransom from Sky Sport UK. How good was that, big Ben? I fantastic. Uh, that's just magical stuff. And a couple of really good tips for the Fantasy League, which I definitely